totally stoked for today's episode with my good friend, Kristen Thompson. Kristen and I have been friends for a number of years. We've collaborated, we've done interviews, and she's just an amazing human being. And she really talks about the art of that one talk, that one keynote, that one speech that truly sets off your business and your career. And she's going to share her story of how that happened for her. And as always, if you look in the description and the show notes of this episode, there is a link for all of Kristen's mentioned ways to connect with her as she's going to talk about in the episode, but also a link to my free accountability Facebook group, the Network Marketing Leads for Life group. But also for those that would like to talk to me offline, there is a link to schedule a free 15-minute call. So guys, please enjoy this amazing episode with my dear friend Kristen, and I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Network Marketing Made Simple podcast. I am your host, Scott Aaron, and each and every week, I'm going to come to you with short, simple, and powerful tactics of how you can grow your network marketing business, brand, bank account, and impact on those around you. And just remember, network marketing is not easy, but it can be made easy with simple steps to create the success that you truly deserve. So Kristen, welcome to today's episode. And I'm super, super stoked to have someone. I literally have been trying to get Kristen on the podcast for about three years, almost actually <laughs> about two years since I launched the podcast. True? <laughs> well, and, and good, good things come to those who wait and, you know, uh, Kristen is a very uh, productive person just like myself, and she has tons of irons in the fire all the time as I do, and we were able to circle back around to each other and lock down a time, and I'm just so grateful that she's here today. And for a little bit of backstory, uh, Kristen and I have been friends for a little over three, almost four years now. Uh, we're both entrepreneurs, and we, we met obviously on Facebook and connected that way. And we have some mutual connections and we've been networking back and forth, but also doing introductions to each other. And she's a master connector. I mean, you guys think I'm a master connector. You know, Kristen is a master connector. So why I'm so excited is that she, she does things that, that I love. Uh, she speaks from stage. She holds events. She coaches people to, to do the same and to really step into their power. And I know that for the listeners, you guys are going to get so much value from this episode because I think everyone thinks, you know, oh, I can't speak on stage. I have nothing to say. I don't know what to do. I'm just going to stay behind closed doors. And you're afraid to even get on a Facebook Live for the fear of judgment and all those things. So I'm starting to go down a rabbit hole right now, and I don't want to waste time talking to you. I want to. I want Kristen to talk to you guys. So with that, number one, Kristen, welcome to the episode. And number two, for my audience that is not familiar with you and what you do, uh, what is it that you do? But most importantly, how did you get into what you're doing now? Well, first, thank you so much for having me. And we have been great Facebook friends and we've introduced each other to lots of other rock stars. And that's the way it should be in this world. And I'm so happy to know you and to have you as a friend. And you're, you know, everything you've said so far, you could probably see my eyes were lighting up because 
you know, I am that person who is like, I'm not a speaker and what, no one's going to listen to me. And I come across publicly as being very confident and extroverted most of the time. But I also often make sure to say that on the inside, I'm actually a chicken little, like literally as a kid, I rode horses and I competed at a, at a pretty high level, but I was always terrified. And my nickname was chicken. <laughs> that is my natural personality. So it's good for people to know that um, it's great. If you're brave and you're fearless and you love going up on stage or you love hitting that go live button, that's awesome. Keep your confidence. But if that's not how you feel on the inside, that's not a reason to not do it because we can put some pieces in place, some mindset shifts and some structure and support in place so that you can, I am living proof because somehow I've built my entire business <laughs> around speaking when I'm not a quote unquote naturally brave speaker. And so you asked um, how this happened. And like a lot of entrepreneurs, it was a fluke. Like Scott, did you, I'm curious, did you know that you were gonna be an entrepreneur forever or did you stumble into this world? You know, people know my backstory. My father ended up getting uh, incarcerated for two and a half years when I was 18. And I had to take over the family business, which was a gym. Mm. So I, I was, my entrepreneurial road was kind of predetermined because of yes. a little bit of family turmoil. So I've 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 been psychologically unemployable for the last twenty three years, so I don't. Yeah, that ruins you from the get go. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't I don't know what a boss. I've always been my own boss, and you know, have That's always awesome. run my own organization. So in a way, yes, I did stumble upon it. It was kind of like, yeah. okay, Scott, here you're the keys thrown the into the. Yeah, I was yeah, I was I was thrown into the lion's den. There you go. That's exactly what I was going to say. You were just thrown into it. Well, it, it felt similar, different situation. Nobody went to jail in this case, but, <laughs> but it was uh, a similar situation in that my back was up against the wall. So if we go in the Wayback Machine to 2008, uh, I was pregnant with my son, Gavin. I had a very, very high risk, high drama pregnancy, which meant like specialists every month. And I was in the hospital for a bit before he was born. He was in the hospital hospital for a bit uh, after he was born, and it left us with a big stack of medical bills. And then I wasn't working; I was at home with little baby Gavin. And the economy, of course, was great. <laughs> no, we were in the last great recession, and so the recession hit. My husband got laid off. We were up a creek without a paddle, and I was completely panicked. And, and those of you who are listening, who are parents at least for me, I don't know how it is for everybody. I, when not my son was born, like this mama bear got born with him, right? This fierce feeling of just, I have to protect this child and our family. And I don't know that I would have given a talk otherwise, but because of the, everything that was swirling around us and how vulnerable I felt as a mom, I was willing to do something I maybe normally wouldn't have. So I went and gave a talk at a networking group. I had learned to speak prior to this by working with a personal development company. And so I'd been doing that for about six months before I found out I was pregnant. I learned a bit about standing up in front of groups and we would sell tickets to their workshops. And so all of a sudden with my back up against the wall, I knew I had to do this for myself. There really wasn't another choice or I didn't see one at that time. And I gave a little talk in the middle of a restaurant. I don't know if you've ever given a talk like this, Scott, but I'm not talking big stage bright lights. I'm talking a diner, you know, there's utensils clanging in the background. 
And I just made a really simple offer at the end and said, hey, you know, if you guys are enjoying this and you want to come back and learn a little more, I'll do a workshop just for this networking group. If you're not into it, no big deal. But if you are, how about instead of it being $500 a ticket, I'll make it $97. How many of you would like to join me? And of the 40 people in the room, 30 people said yes, filled out their form and handed it to me. And, you know, people listening, that might, $3,000 is the math on that. I'm not very good at math, but <laughs> I can do that. Um, it might seem like a lot of money. It might seem like chump change. I've certainly gone on to give, you know, five and even six figure talks since then. But I'm just telling you on that day with like no money in the bank, I might as well have won the lottery. Like I legitimately was driving home thinking, is this legal? Like I have, I can put $3,000 in the bank today, go to the grocery store today with that money. Like I was losing my mind with excitement and that sold me. So for the people who related when you were sharing earlier about not feeling like a speaker and not being sure when you're speaking and you see light bulbs going off on top of people's heads and like you're lighting people up, you're showing them that they could be more or do more or experience more. And then they say yes and that you get to work with them. That joy that you feel, or at least for me, that joy that I feel, that spirit of service, all of that, it's the thing that allows me to walk through the fire when I'm scared. And it's why I still to this day love teaching this and, and sharing it with other entrepreneurs because it's an amazing way to have a blast, to share your expertise and to get clients all at once. It really brings up something for me and it's called your first. Mm. Everyone has their first. Mm -hmm. So I want you guys to kind of go with this for a second. In network marketing, you're striving for that first enrollment. That first yes. person that says, you know what? Yeah, I'll try your product. Now you feel confident. Well, if one person will say yes, other yes. people will too. Then you yes. have your, your first business builder. The first person that says, you know what, Scott? I really love what you're doing. I want to build this business with you. Then there's your first and then your first paycheck and then your first event, your first yes. podcast episode, your first talk. So here's the thing. So I always go back to the story uh, and I always get the chills when I think of this story of Roger Bannister. So for those that mm. you, I think you guys, some people have heard this story because I've told it many times, but Roger Bannister was the first person in the world to break the four minute mile barrier. So yes. this was, I think was in the 1930s, 1940s. And he was told by medical professionals, no lie. If you try to do this, the human body is not capable and you have the risk of actually having your heart to explode. He was told this, oh your, your heart will explode if you try to do this. So he's like, I'm not gonna believe, like I know my body, I know what I can do. So people had failed and failed and failed. And finally, Roger Bannister ran a sub four minute mile. I think it was 359.59 or something just under. So he had the first, he proved yes. the concept. And interestingly enough, the year and a half after that, I believe almost two dozen other individuals around the world did it as well because once you have that first, once the concept is proven, once it happens, you know it can happen again. Just like you, you stood in front of that room in the diner, you closed $3,000 worth of sales, you proved to yourself I can do this. If I can close 3,000, 
I can yes. close 30,000. So yes. I always tell people that, you know, things got real for me when you have that first $10,000 month. Oh, yes. Then you have that $10,000 week. Mm. And then you have that $10,000 day. Yes. And when you experience those things, you prove to yourself that they're possible. But I know there's so many people that are, that are thinking as they're hearing this, I can't do that now. That's the first step. And I'm sure, Kristen, when you're working with your clients, it all begins with the mindset because what you think about most often is what you become. So if you're telling yourself, I can't get in front of a room and sell. I can't, yes. I can't, I can't speak to those people. I can't do this. I can't do that. Well, guess what? Then you won't because yes. your can'ts become your won'ts, but your cans become your wills. Yes. So with that, what was the biggest takeaway, the, the biggest lesson, aside from driving home and, you know, being able to get groceries and, and understand that, you know, I think I opened up a, a portal of income here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which, which is great. Yeah. What was, what was the most enlightening thing about that experience that, that told yourself that said, you know what, Kristen? you can make a business out of this because what I did, I can now teach others. Yeah. I mean, it, I definitely made sure to be clear. Cause you know, whenever we're telling a story in a podcast, we have to smush it and shorten it up <laughs> or it would take nine years, but uh, I didn't go out the next day and teach it to be clear. It is really important. You know, obviously when you're teaching something that you actually know how to do it, but what I could not believe, and it really actually started prior to that talk when I worked for the personal development company, when I worked there, and so imagine like a Tony Robbins style business model, if you're familiar, you know, there's speakers all over the country, everyone's giving the same talk and you're selling tickets to a workshop and you put everybody into one big workshop. But except I wasn't working for Tony Robbins. <laughs> no one ever heard of this, this company before, but the point is that the, I thought that what we were doing was the most interesting, compelling thing that we could offer people. They didn't happen to agree. So when I went out on my own and I was doing this, all I could ever think about were all the other small business owners. Because prior to doing what I do now, I worked in advertising. I worked for companies like CBS and NBC and I sold ads. So all day, my job was to talk to small business owners, brick and mortar stores and day spas and all different businesses. And I knew how they were all clamoring to get seen, to get known, to get clients, to get leads. So all I could think about was that this would solve so many problems for so many business owners. If you've ever gone to a networking event, if you've ever gone to a business event, everybody is scratching their heads trying to figure out how do I get a steady stream of leads and incomes, an income coming towards me? I knew this was the answer and to do it in a way, and this is, why I think unconsciously, it took me a lot of years to figure out that this was one of my drivers, but why I love speaking is I don't really like chasing people. I don't want to be banging down every single person's door going, do you want this? Do you want this? Do you want this? Do you want this? To people who aren't even asking. I would rather give a talk to an interested audience, wow the socks off of them, teach them something really cool or valuable or open up their mind to a new thought or idea and then say, hey, if you're into this, come here. And then guess what? A big rush of people comes towards you. 
that is way more fun. And it works in multi-level marketing. It works if you have a service-based business. It works for product-based businesses. It just works, as you know, because you do it very successfully. Now, I also want to explain to the audience that what you just said, anyone can do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and we're going to talk about this because 2020 uh, is and was a very interesting year. And we're going to get into that because you, you hold live events and yeah. I want to talk about that, that pivot. But for that network marketer, that person that's in coaching, the, the power of Facebook Live, the power yes. of, of, of video, you want to talk about like prime example when Nancy and I launched our agency and we still do this every Monday, we do a little, um, her and I jump on my Facebook and we do a little tip to help people with, you know, building their brand. Every single time we log off, there's someone that ends up scheduling a call to talk to Nancy mm. because you're resonating with something that they need. And that's, and so many network marketers, so many coaches that they're, they're, like you said, they're either banging down people's doors that don't want what they have, or number two, yeah. they're posting and praying and waiting for people to reach out to them when you, you have to, I, I call it lowering the drawbridge. So if you can picture a drawbridge, and, and I think people can, when it's up, it allows the boats to pass back and forth. When the bridge goes down, it allows traffic to flow back and forth. So if you're building an online business, it's, it's your number one job and responsibility to put out content, do live videos, pre-recorded videos that lower the drawbridge that when the audience watches it, they're starting to walk across that bridge towards you. Yes. I, I think I know the answer to this question, but I still, I'm going to ask it anyway. <laughs> Why are people so scared to get on camera? Hmm. Isn't that, well, we could probably spend a long time on it, but if I was going to sum it up in a word, it's fear. And it's mostly fear of being seen for who we actually are. And I've said my entire career that if you get up and you use speaking, and I use that word very loosely, meaning you go live on Facebook, you lead a little webinar, you do a podcast interview, you lead events, you speak on stages, it's all speaking. If you go down that journey, you will save yourself thousands in therapy. <laughs> because you have to move through the fear that people are going to see who you really are. And I'll share, you know, for myself in the beginning, and, and if this was a visual meeting, medium, I would show you pictures, and I do this at my live event of my very first headshots, and they are nerdy. Like, they are me in a white button-down and a pinstripe suit with a bob, you know, trying to groom my crazy frizzy hair into something that looks more presentable. And that's not, you know me, I'm a kooky, crazy kind of rock and roll kind of gal. And I didn't know I was putting on a mask. I mean, genuinely at the time, I just thought I was being professional and doing the right thing and all of this. So I went to give a talk one day wearing unknowingly, wearing this mask and I look professional. I have my suit on, I'm speaking to some insurance brokers 
And it was like the real me slipped out in a moment of uh, just realness, unscripted. Uh, one of my off-color jokes or one of my zingers just flew out of my mouth. And what I can tell you is it was like everything inside of me, if I could have bottled up the words and shoved them back in, <laughs> I would have, but it was too late. The zinger came flying out and I was petrified. And the whole room erupted into laughter and the entire energy completely shifted. And all of a sudden there was no wall between me and the room and everybody was having fun. And after the talk, I thought, oh my goodness, it was like a spiritual awakening, truly. Like, this is the problem. This is the barrier that I've been experiencing unknowingly between me and the audience. And the fear that I didn't even know was there, that is why most people will not hit the go live button, why people won't publish a course or a webinar or host an event, is because you will be seen. They will see you. And what I want to say is I can't take away the fact that that can feel scary because I think that's just real and we're human and that's fine. But if you will trust that most people will have your back and that in fact you will be adored and embraced for all of your weird quirks. And for me, it's that my hair is always kind of frizzy and doesn't look quite right. And I'm always a little rumpled. Like that's just Kristen. That's my personality. That's how I show up. Even when I try my best to be polished, it's probably not going to be fully polished. It's going to be a little quirky. The things that you are criticized for often growing up for most entrepreneurs become your secret weapon. They become your asset. Kristen Thompson uh, you know, speaks a little too uh, directly for people. Kristen Thompson speaks up when maybe she should just shush on topics, right? Kristen Thompson's too chatty. Kristen Thompson's quirky. Those are things I am known for in my business. And I'm guessing the same is true for you, Scott, that things that maybe teachers or other people were like, could you tamp this down a little bit are kind of what make you a badass in your business. Well, I think for me, it, I was always told that I'm inquisitive and I didn't really know mm -hmm. how to harness that inquisitiveness. But in, in yeah. business, when you ask questions, you get answers, which, you know, when you're in sales, yes. the more questions you ask, the more sales you're going to create. The other thing is, I, and I remember this story, my, my mom shared this story with me um, about a year ago. And she goes, I've never told this to you, but she goes, I remember like it was yesterday, I was picking you up from preschool. And she goes, you were about five or six years old. And I got you into the car, got you in your car seat, and your teacher walked out. And she kind of waved me over. And I, I, I walked over to her and, and your teacher, you know, then said to me, she goes, I, I just need to share something with you. And uh, my mom said, okay, what is it? And she goes, I just want to let you know that I don't know what it is but there's something really special about your son. She goes, Aww. he just has this certain something, this little sparkle in his eye. He's just a very special little boy. And I think every mother, I mean, I don't think there's a mother out there that doesn't think that their son or daughter is special. But I, I think my mom also felt that. And when I always, again, rewind the tapes and I, I go back, you know, there, I always had a gift of, 
making people laugh. I always had, mm. and, and at, at one point it was at my own expense. You know, if, if I was going to get bullied and picked on, I was going to make sure that people laughed and, but yes. people, people still, they loved and embraced that. It, it's not, you know, the bullying and the, the picking on ended up stopping as we got older, but you look back and some of those, those vulnerable things. And again, I was always embarrassed and nervous to share the story of my father because mm. the fear of judgment, you know, what are people yes. going to think? And people make mistakes. My father's not the only person to ever go to federal prison for some sort of insurance fraud thing. You know, there's a lot yes. of people that a lot of smart people, they, they make bad business decisions. It's, it sure. happens. We all have, you know, little, you know, uh, brain farts at some point in our, our professional and, and personal career. But when I started to understand that your vulnerability and every single yes. one of us has a, a vulnerable part of ourselves that we can share every, and if Kristen, you've heard a lot of people speak, I've heard a lot of people speak. And when I go back every single one of them, shares vulnerable stories. And, and so again, and if you say a name and, and if I've seen them, I remember, you know, Tony Robbins, I, I remember Tony, you know, he always shares the story of how his mom used to beat him and yes. you know, how, it, you know, the, the people would come to the, the door because the, his, his father was struggling with money and, you know, people from work showed up and tried to give them food for Thanksgiving. And he said, get out of here. So they didn't have any food for Thanksgiving. And, mm. you know, Tony was on um, the, in the marina at Marina Del Rey in California with his last like $5. And instead of buying fish tacos, he ended up giving it to a boy that ended up, you know, taking his mother out to like, so I'm sharing Tony's story because when you share your vulnerability with your audience, just like you said, that wall comes down. Yes. For those people that are listening to this, that are still deathly afraid to be 100% vulnerable. What's something they can do to really start connecting with their audience better? They're not really, they're not ready to fully put themselves out there. And again, you and I, sure. we're, we're all works in progress, but where can someone begin in the timeline of really putting themselves out there to really start connecting with their audience? Well, this is a great question and it is a process of like peeling back the layers of the onion. I don't expect somebody to go from, I've never gone live and I'm a little afraid of people seeing me to being a wonderkin, you know, prancing around a giant stage in big spotlights, but you can get there literally by leaps and bounds by just being willing to take action. So one quick mindset shift that I think helps a ton, it is the thing, it's another moment that I can vividly remember where I was and what I was doing. I was on a freeway here in Portland, I was driving to a talk, and I was having that fear that we were just, we've been talking about, oh, what if people don't like me? What if I don't sell anything? What if I sound like an idiot? I was in that panicky spiral, and I kind of had a, an aha, I don't know where it came from, but this voice, my own voice, I guess, came back to me and said, wow, you are being awfully self-centered. And then I was like, I'm sorry, excuse me? <laughs> that was rude. And it, it really sunk in. It has stayed with me. This is a decade later now, forever. It is why I will go live. It is why I will do an interview with you. 
Because at the end of the day, when I had that realization that all of those fears of how we're going to be perceived and if people are going to like us, it's, it's sweet, it's fine, it's normal, but it is also self-centered. That is also true. So I realized that if I wanted to be of service to other people, I had to be willing, just make literally a decision that I am willing and I make this commitment still every day. I will make an ass out of myself to help you. If I can help one person today, I'll do it. And if you maybe think I'm a little bit weird, that's okay. I'm probably not for you. But someone else is going to go, oh, that's my person. That is my person. And so first it's that commitment. If you have a spirit of service or you love your product, you're committed to helping people with it, then be willing to be seen. And what you'll find if you go live and you test this out and you put service above your ego and you keep doing that repetitively, you're going to learn that people start commenting because you said something funny or you said something intense. Not everybody's quirky. You might be spiritual. You might be super sensitive. You might be really aggressive and get people fired up. We all have our own personalities. But if you let that show through, knowing that that's going to connect with a certain person who needs to hear the message through your personality, you'll start to get that feedback back that you're heading in the right direction. And it starts with making that decision and taking an action. And if you had one thing to do, I would start going live once a week at a minimum, just go live once a week, whether you want to, whether you don't feel like it, whether your hair's sticking up or it looks fabulous, we don't care. Just go live, share a little message with somebody, ask them to take an action, ask them to comment, ask them to message you if they have a question and just start literally testing it out with that big spirit of service coming before your fear. I mean, services is everything. And I'll go back to something that we spoke about early in the episode. Everyone has a first. Yeah. Your first Facebook Live, yeah, you're going to be scared shitless. You're, yep. you're going you're gonna to mess up. You may lose Wi-Fi service. You may not know how to turn the camera around and you're fumbling around. Everybody works out the kinks, but you won't be able to work out the kinks if you don't actually do it. So bingo. I think that's beautiful. Just start with one. Don't overwhelm you. You got to go live every single day for the next 30 days. No, stop. Yeah. That just creates overwhelm. Yes. If you can commit to just once a week. So Mondays or Wednesdays or Fridays, whatever it is, the more you do it, the more it becomes habitual the more it becomes a routine. And guess what? You're actually going to look forward to doing it because you start to like it because you start feeling connected to people. You know, 2020 has been called the year of pivot. And we're going to get into this in a second. But it's also, it was the year of connecting and community. Because when, when this country went on lockdown, and you know every area you know you're out west i'm out east every area of the country has been handling things differently yes it it pulled us away from people and that's what we love i mean granted i love that i still get to hug and kiss my wife and my son but you know not my sister not my mom and my dad and my my cousins and all of those things but eventually we're going to get back to that but the fact is, is that people want to feel connected to you. And I don't care who you are, 
how skilled or unskilled you are or how much of a professional on social media you are. People can argue with myself or Kristen, but we will both agree the number one way to connect with people is not through a post. It's not through some drip campaign. It's through a video because not only can they see you, but they can hear you and they can feel your passion. And that's what creates connection. Yes. So before we start to, to wind down, I want to talk about your vulnerability. And you had to make some big, big pivots. And for those that, that don't know, um, every October slash November for the last five or six years-ish, maybe longer, Kristen yeah. has a national speaking event called Rock Your Talk. And this is a 150 to 350 person event. I mean, a three-day event, live event. So Kristen, when everything was happening when it was, and you realized, you know what? I don't know if this live event is going to happen in 2020, and I don't know where things are going to be in 2021. Number one, how did you pivot? And number two, what resulted from acting swiftly and making those pivots that you needed to? Yeah, that's a great question. <clears throat> well, first I will say I am a little bit lucky in that because of the way I've always run my business, I've always used a blend of on and offline marketing. So as I said earlier, I started my business when my son was born. I always kind of kept a part-time schedule. I've never been the speaker who goes from event to event to event to event just because of the way I like to spend time with my family and the travel that I like to keep to a minimum if I can. So I've always used a blend that's a blessing because I knew how to rock my talk online. I know how to rock it off. That's what I want for my clients. Nonetheless, my live event is in person and it is our biggest revenue generating moment of the year. It's when the majority of my clients sign on to work with me privately or to join, join my group and to realize, you know, back in March, April, which is around when Oregon shut down, Oh, I don't think this is coming back, you know, and certainly not in time to produce an event. It was extremely daunting and it was definitely scary. So the first thing I did was start researching what my options might be. Um, and I really looked at what was working in the marketplace. I looked at hosting the event on Facebook. You've probably seen some people doing, and I have clients right now who do workshops this way, where they do maybe like a module a day over several days. It's almost like taking an event and pulling it sideways. And I thought, okay, well, maybe that's the way I need, need to do the event. And so the first thing I did was I tested that format very casually. Think of it like a very soft launch. Just quietly hosted a free mini workshop. I did a module a day. I wanted to know how did that feel? How did I like the way that layout felt and just testing it? And it did get clients, but I did not enjoy the way it felt compared to what I know is possible with my true live event. And that helped me then make the decision, you know what, we're going to produce the event. We're going to host it basically the same that we normally do. It's three days of, of deep training, but we're going to do it online. So everybody can be safe at home. We're still going to have speakers, but they're going to be at their house. I'm shortening the days a little bit because it is online. We want to hold people's attention, but I very quickly got to work digging into how to transfer 
the activities, the learning, the ahas, the speakers, the fun, because we all know I like to have fun when I'm training. How do we transfer that online? And everything went into that transfer pretty much by maybe May or June, we started putting the pieces in place. And you know, the funny thing is, is that back when I first said this event isn't happening live, nobody believed me. I don't, I don't know if that was just because the world, we were all, especially here in the US, confused about <laughs> what, and we still are, what is happening and what's not happening. But I just saw the writing on the wall that the math is the math. You know, by the time things calmed down and even if the world reopened, there wouldn't be enough time to produce it. So I think it's really important when wacky things happen to A, I'm a big fan of let yourself have your feelings first. I definitely felt scared. That's okay. So have your feelings but then quickly write down what are all your options. Start testing things out. You can always test small. I think a big thing as a business owner, sometimes we get in that black and white thinking, I have to do this or I have to do that. I have to produce the event or not produce the event. I have to give a big talk or never speak. But just like we're encouraging you, you know, those of you listening, like go live, test it out, see how it feels. You can beta test something and see, does it suit me? Does it suit my strengths? Does it work? for my clients before you launch a giant expensive project or live event. But we probably, when this comes out, the event will have already happened. I'm hosting it here, like from my living room uh, in my house, which I'm really excited about. It'll have a slightly different look or feel, but the content will be amazing. We have amazing people signing up and I'm, I'm fingers crossed <laughs> the internet will work and it'll be amazing. Love that. You know, pivoting and making a decision and yeah. Sticking to that decision is, is really what, what makes the difference because when you kind of, and I call it double dutching when you're in, you're out, you're in, you're out, you, yes. you, got, you, you got to make a decision just jumping in and just going for it. That's when things start to happen. And again, um, I had that oh shit moment, that OSM moment in April where you know, yeah. I, called, I called my accountant, I called my financial advisor, I said, listen, you know, I, I still have, I'm, I'm planning on making all these investments and I don't know where my money's going to be. So I, and again, I allowed myself to feel that. And then, you know what? I took yes. a deep breath and I said, you know what? I will work through this. And, you know, I, I, I shared this with Nancy um, in the midst of the pandemic. Um, I released two best-selling books, got married, bought a new car, <laughs> bought a house, and started a new company all yeah. during the pandemic. Yes. So how can we say that just because something is going out in the world doesn't mean you still can't prosper. It's a story. So yeah, I, I think you're just such uh, the prime example of someone that uh, doesn't live in the problem. They live in the solution. What, what can we do to move past this little, uh, kink in the hose to to really continue to move ourselves forward and they, at the end of the day continuing to serve your audience which you're doing so yeah go ahead sorry before we we get to my my big final question and uh, obviously when this airs um, the event have, has already passed but there's also there's ways where people can stay connected with you you have um, amazing, amazing groups on, on Facebook. You have private communities, you have coaching. How are, you know, what are the ways that people can work with you and, 
And who's the ideal person, the person that's listening to this, that's sitting in that virtual diner right now, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, clinking away in their silverware and, and, and you want them to step forward. Who's the ideal person listening to this that you can best serve? Yeah, I work with kind of two different groups of people. They're not so different, but you might be listening to this and you already have a business and you have some clients, but you're looking for that next level of, of visibility. And you want to really play in the sphere of one to many. That's what I love to do. That's what video can do. That's what online talks can do, offline talks and events. It's you getting to talk to a whole group of people all at once and then pull leads and clients towards you. So if that business model speaks to you, but maybe you haven't done a ton of speaking, that's one level of person that I work with. And I have a group coaching program and some trainings and stuff that help people uh, in that um, audience. And then I have another group of people I work with who are already speaking. They're really comfortable. They've stood up in front of groups. They maybe have already hosted workshops and they're just looking to kind of up level their game, speak maybe to uh, higher level groups, larger audiences, or just increase their conversions, really geek out on the sales strategy for live events and talks. And that's really fun too. Um, the easiest place for people to find me is speaking really works. If you visit that URL, I always have free gifts there all on the topic of speaking and getting more leads and clients through speaking. So that's a great place to visit. On social media, we are at Speak, Serve, Grow. So if you go on Facebook forward slash Speak, Serve, Grow, you'll find me there. I'm on Facebook more than any other platform and I always uh, welcome you to come comment on, say hi on a post or message me. And um, that's a great easy way to connect. Love that. And, and again, for all the listeners, all that information will be in the show notes. So if you want to speak, you want to learn how to do it the right way the first time, not fumble through it. You want to kind of not take a shortcut, but shorten the learning curve. Or if you are a speaker and you want to up level, and again, you may be saying to yourself, well, you know, I'm already speaking, but you know what? On the back end, those sales conversions, no one's walking up to the front of the room there may be a little bit of a reason why. And obviously, Kristen can dissect that and help you to have more people walking up to the front of the room. So all the information that Kristen just mentioned will be in the show notes. So if you fit one of those two categories or both, definitely reach out to her. Um, so Kristen, before we end, final question, what does success truly mean to you? Hmm, good question. Success to me has always been about freedom, probably going back to the story that I shared at the beginning of the show. I don't want to be beholden to anybody. Freedom is really important to me that my family is self-sufficient, that we have the means to have the education we want for our son, healthcare, like right now, okay, it's smoky outside. We can't control that. We're in a comfortable space. We've got clean air. We have an amazing house, an amazing community we get to live in that freedom is what I value the most. And it's why being an entrepreneur is so special and so fun to generate your own income, to know that you can take care of yourself and your family. You can go on amazing trips. You can educate yourself. You can give back to your community and be philanthropic. That is the thing that I value the most. And it's one of the weirdest parts of the pandemic besides like you having clients and even myself seeing record-breaking revenue months, people doubling and tripling their businesses in a pandemic is wild, but it is happening, right? The other crazy gift, and again, I'm not taking away from 
the severity of the situation and the loss that some people are experiencing is, is very, very real. But for my family, us all being home together and getting to spend time together and all these years of my being able to work from home and generate um, clients and impact and income, just being here in my house and also being able to be a great mom is the greatest gift. And it's truly what I value most about success. My friend, uh, Michelle Scaff actually says it best. And she goes, everyone should strive to be a life architect where mm. I know I, every time I say it, I love it too, because when you think about drawing up the blueprint for the way that you want your life to look, you you truly start living life by design and, and you're doing yes. that. I'm doing that. And again, think about the story of Roger Bannister guys. If Kristen did it, if I did it, you can do it too. So Kristen, thank you so much for being here. I am just so grateful for you and our friendship and um, you provide so much value to me, uh, not just as a friend, but uh, as a resource, as someone that I consistently network with. And I just want to thank you for how you show up every single day for all of us and how you serve everyone that you work with. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So guys, again, all the information on how to connect with Kristen will be in the show notes. And as always, hop over to iTunes, leave a rating review. Let us know what you loved about the episode, what your biggest aha moments and takeaways were. We would love to hear from you. So please enjoy the rest of your day and I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye everybody. Thank you again so much for checking out this week's episode. And if you can, head over to iTunes, search for Network Marketing Made Simple, leave me a five-star rating, basic review. I would be grateful for all of the support you guys can give me. And again, if you'd be interested in learning more, how to utilize LinkedIn to grow your business, your brand, and your bank account, head over to my website, www.scotterron.net. Fill out the form for your free 15-minute discovery call so I can learn more about you, your business, and how we can work together. And again, thank you guys so much. Grateful for you all, and I'll see you next time.